Welcome to CME on ReachMD. This episode is part of our Minute CE curriculum. Prior to beginning the activity, please be sure to review the faculty and commercial support disclosure statements, as well as the learning objectives. Uh, thank you, Dr. Patel. Uh, I am excited to be here to talk about the epidemiology and management of left heart disease associated pulmonary hypertension. Uh, we have had the opportunity to learn about how we diagnose HEFPEF. We've talked a little bit about some novel trials in heart failure and HEFPEF specifically. And we'll conclude by talking about the most feared complication of HEFPEF, pH-associated left heart disease, or pH-associated with left heart disease. Uh, so an overview over the next 10 minutes, we'll review the classification and epidemiology of pH-associated with left heart disease. We'll then spend the remaining time discussing treatment strategies for pH associated with left heart disease in 2023. Starting with the classification epidemiology. So we, we have to have our hemodynamic definitions. When we look at pH associated with left heart disease, we either have isolated post-capillary pH. This is when the mean pH pressure is greater than 20, our wedge is greater than 15, and our PVR is less than two. This is by far and away the most common hemodynamic pattern that we see. We also see combined pre- and post-capillary pulmonary hypertension. This is when the mean PA pressure is greater than 20, the wedge is greater than 15, and the PVR is greater than 2. And this increase in PVR is really representative of a pulmonary vasculopathy that's forming. When we look at the clinical definitions and the, the, the causes or etiologies of this hemodynamic pattern, we have heart failure across the, the spectrum of ejection fractions, uh, heart failure preserved to reduced ejection fraction, any kind of left-sided valvular disease, and then any congenital abnormality that's associated with an elevated left atrial pressure. Looking at the uh, epidemiology and the prevalence of pulmonary hypertension in this figure from the recent guidelines, uh, the global prevalence is estimated to be 1%. When we look at the bottom and the, the causes of, the, of pulmonary hypertension, the only one that's very common is pH associated with left heart disease. It's hard to know exactly how many patients or how many people worldwide have this. If we look at a screening study of echocardiograms from Australia, this was 10,000 people who had a, an echo done. 9.1% had an elevated RVSP that they defined as greater than 40 millimeters of mercury. Of the patients who had an elevated RVSP, 68% were thought to have group two pulmonary hypertension. This puts us at 250 cases per 100,000 people. When we start to think about uh, how common it is uh, within patients who have heart failure, uh, this is a study from Olmsted County, 244 HEFPEF patients who had a screening echocardiogram. They also had hypertension patients uh, who did not have HEFPEF. Of the patients who had HEFPEF, 83% had an elevated RVSP on echo. When we look at general screening studies around the world, somewhere between 50% and 80% of patients with heart failure are thought to have elevated pulmonary pressures. And then we look at the global prevalence of heart failure worldwide. This is a recent review that was done uh, that tried to estimate it throughout the world. Uh, estimated 64 million people have heart failure. If we do some back of the napkin calculations, we can use that conservative estimate of 50% of patients with heart failure having elevated pulmonary pressures. Estimated that 30 million people worldwide have pH associated with left heart disease. This is truly an epidemic. Uh, pH with left heart disease is really a spectrum. Uh, it starts with an elevated left atrial pressure and congestion. This is where most people fall. They have an increase in their wedge. Their mean PA pressures go up in a similar uh, amount. 
For some people, it's unclear why. It's unclear if there's a genetic susceptibility, if there's comorbidities or inflammatory milieu that cause it. They get vascular remodeling. This vascular remodeling involves both the arteries and the veins. These patients have mild increases in their wedge, 15 to 20. They have mean PA pressures in their 40s to 60s. And they have PVRs rather than one to two, upwards of five, six, and seven. Uh, we've, we've shown this data earlier. I think it's important to highlight one final time, or at least one final time. Uh, we know that this matters because patients do worse. Uh, patients who develop a pulmonary vasculopathy die more. This is that same screening study from the VA with the increase in mortality as the PVR goes up. Showing that data again from Olmstead County, 244 patients with HEFPEF to get a sense of how they actually do. Uh, when we look at patients who had an elevated uh, RVSP or PASP greater than 48, 50% will die within three years. So half the patients we see who have this condition die within three years currently. So to summarize, pH with left heart disease is common and it's associated with increased mortality. We wanna spend the remaining time talking about what treatment looks like in 2023. So I think, of course, we have to start with the elephant in the room. There's no FDA-approved PAH-specific medications for the treatment of group two-associated pulmonary hypertension. And this makes sense mechanistically when we look at the cause. Uh, for most patients with isolated post-capillary pH, you, you get this increase in left atrial pressure, it passively transmits. Pulmonary vasodilators are gonna increase the pressure in the left atrium. For patients who have combined pre- and post-capillary pH, who have vascular remodeling, the pulmonary vasodilators primarily address the, the arteries, and you still have a pulmonary vasculopathy. And the greatest fear of giving patients medications that increase cardiac output and dilate the arteries is pulmonary edema. And so when we look at clinical trials in this space, uh, this is a high-level overview that just summarizes uh, kind of what's been done. PD-5 inhibitors have had the most promising data. It's been really mixed results. We'll talk about that more shortly. Endothelin receptor antagonists, multiple studies have failed to show benefit. Uh, many studies have shown incre increased fluid re retention. And then with prostacyclines, the first trial that was done showed, uh, and this was done in patients with heart failure with reduced ejection fraction, and IV uh, flowlan increased mortality. And so looking at PD-5 inhibitors specifically, uh, two uh, trials that I wanted to highlight. So the first was a small center, uh, two center study of 44 patients they had to have pulmonary hypertension on echo prior to enrollment. Mean PAS pressure was 53. The second is the RELAX study on the right. It's a larger trial, multi-center trial. Patients had to have HEFPEF. They did not have to have pulmonary hypertension, although many of them did. The trial that required pulmonary hypertension on screening echo did uh, heart, cath uh, heart catheterizations. The other did not. The first trial was positive. The second trial in which patients did not have to have pulmonary hypertension was a negative trial. Intuitively, it would make sense that, that if patients don't have pulmonary hypertension, the medications we use to treat it won't be a benefit. Um, but this is the kind of mixed results we've had with PDE5s. Uh, this is a summary table from the recent World Symposium that uh, shows an overview of the re results of many trials. I would just draw in on the last uh, line in the table uh, in which we really have mixed results. There's no clear benefit for our meds. And so then the question becomes, what do we do? So I think first and foremost, we need to make sure we have an accurate diagnosis of what's causing it. Shortness of breath, the symptoms, fatigue are all very, very common. We wanna make sure we know what we're treating. We wanna make sure that we don't miss zebras in particular. Uh, we wanna make sure that we treat the underlying heart disease. This is gonna be by valve, uh, treat valve disease by the valve guidelines. 
Uh, we now have heart failure therapies across the spectrum of ejection fractions. We want to make sure that, we, uh, that all our patients are on optimal guideline-directed medical therapy. We want to make sure we use diuretics to optimize volume and lower that left atrial pressure. The best evidence that we have that lowering left atrial pressure matters is from LVAD patients. Uh, this was almost 1,600 patients in the Intermax registry who all received an LVAD and had PVRs measured before and after LVAD. After LVAD, we see a, a really nice decrease in PVRs. Uh, it went down 1.5 wood units per month for the first three months. Key point, we need to lower left atrial pressure. We want to treat comorbidities aggressively. We'll talk about this, I think, shortly. Things like atrial fibrillation, obesity that we just heard about, uh, hypertension. We want to get patients involved in chronic disease management programs. Uh, exercise training uh, has had some positive results. And then, uh, as Ravi hinted at, we want to make sure that we enroll patients in clinical trials. Uh, this is a nice summary from Dr. Tedford's group about the current uh, state of treatment for uh, pulmonary hypertension in HEF-PEF. So in patients who have isolated post-capillary uh, pulmonary hypertension, meds that should be a benefit, SGLT2s for all, loop diuretics as needed, exercise and weight loss for all, may be a benefit, MRAs and ARNIs. Not a benefit are any of our pulmonary hypertension-specific medications. This tells us that if we're going to think about using any of these medications in someone who has a HEFPEF phenotype, we want to make sure that we do a right heart catheterization. In patients who have combined pre- and post-capillary pH, meds that should be a benefit are the same, meds that may be a benefit are the same. Uh, we still need more studies for PDE5 inhibitors and soluble guanylate cyclase stimulators. ERAs and prostacyclines uh, should not be used. Uh, this here highlights the recent guidelines and the current recommendations as it relates to the treatment. We want to make sure we optimize the underlying conditions. In patients who have severe combined pre and post, which they define as a PVR greater than five woods units, we can take an individualized approach. And then the only class three recommendation is that drugs approved for pH are not recommended for pH associated with left heart disease, certainly not for anyone who has isolated post-capillary pulmonary hypertension. And so to, to highlight the final conclusions, pH with left heart disease is common. It's associated with increased mortality. We want to treat the underlying cause. We want to optimize left atrial pressure. And we want to enroll in clinical trials. You've been listening to CME on ReachMD. This activity is jointly provided by Global Learning Collaborative, GLC, and Total CME, LLC and is part of our Minute CE curriculum. To receive your free CME credit or to download this activity, go to reachmd.com CME. Thank you for listening.